0: Oh man, we got the one and only James Moses Black coming back on the show for his third time to talk about the latest film that he's been starring in, and that is Renfield with the one and only Nicolas Cage. Yes, this
1: Interview is guaranteed to have you guys ride the emotional roller coaster up and down. It's got laughs, it's got chills, it's got thrills, it's got everything. I mean, we literally talk about everything that this guy's been doing since the last time he was on pre pandemic and all the good stuff. All the good stuff.
0: I know. I'm super excited for everybody to hear that. But that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Oh my goodness! You guys know it is episode 223. Yes. We're super excited to be back. You guys know your hosts with the most: myself, J Lo, fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up, guys? Before we tease the rest of the show, of course, be sure to leave a rating, leave a comment. Of course, tell us what you think about the show. Leaving a rating and a comment helps this show get seen by more people who enjoy entertainment news, especially those who are trying to break into it. We're trying to be that one-stop shop for everybody who just needs to. Be in the room where it happens and have that information to carry on that conversation. And that's what this show is all for. It Calf Podcast is here to bring you everything that is going down in Hollywood. Yes. Man. But before we get this thing started, there is so much happening in the entertainment industry. Yeah, did you hear? Did you hear? The There's writers are on strike, guys. <laughs> still, They're still. happening. It's happening. Uh, last time this happened was about 15 years ago, and it did last about 100 days. So uh, we're anticipating around that again, so we'll see what happens. Of course, we have the latest news for you, so you can stay up to date in this. But of course, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, so you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant gear. You don't even have to buy the actual shirts, actual Head or um, hats, anything like that. We also have mugs. We have anything and everything you need at CrazyAntMedia.com. Perfect. That's why you need to be checking it out and following us at itcap Podcast and Crazy Ant Media. To stay up to date with those promotional sales so you know when you can get those items at a cheaper price. Yes. That is so very important. But like we've been teasing and talking about since last week, all over our social media platforms and anywhere and everywhere in conversations throughout day-to-day life, the WGA, guys, yes, that is right. They have gone on strike for the first time in 15 years, like I said. Um, they did fan out this week to walk the picket lines outside the major studios in L.A. like Netflix, Disney, Paramount, all the good places. Uh, the new contract broke down just before 8 p.m. on Monday night as the WGA and Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers remain to fall apart on host of key Issues. Now, the Guild is said to the writers that they are facing an existential crisis brought about by the shift into the streaming yep. platforms and fewer television shows with lower residuals. Now, late night television shows were the first ones to be impacted by this. Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Late Show, Tonight, Last Night, or Late Night have all gone into reruns. So Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan, like all of these places have gone into just complete reruns because, you know, they are the first ones to be impacted. And Saturday Night Live, we will say that as well. So it's very interesting, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, without doubt. And we kind of anticipated this. What would streaming do to the industry? Would it be a good thing or a bad thing? We've been talking about this since the launch way back in the day when we first started talking about on our show that Netflix was going to start getting some competition as the studios were all going to start launching their own streamers. And what would that do? Well... Now we know it, it, it's not all good, and, and we're seeing the ramifications for that. So just a recap, what is the strike all about? Well, as he said, uh, the, uh, the AMPTP said that the primary sticking points for them are a guild proposal for a TV staffing minimum and a minimum number of weeks of employment on a TV show the studios are not willing to entertain either of those ideas. The guild is also seeking a rewrite of the streaming residual formula to account for international subscribers and to pay more for hit shows. But the studios are unwilling to give up viewership data. The Guild is also seeking sizable increases in minimum weekly rates for writer producers with a new tier that would be 25% higher than the minimums for story editors and executive story editors. Overall, the Guild estimated the cost of its proposals would cost the studios about $429 million per year. The Guild estimated that the studios are only willing to cough up about $86 million per year. Now, that's a considerable gap, guys. It, it's here's the thing, though. It, it's like the writers are pretty sure that the studios are trying to eliminate writers. They want to pay as little amount of people as possible to do the most work as possible, and and basically get rid of writers and it's in, it's insane how how much these guys are like they pretty much came to an agreement on the on the raise the money that they wanted but the it's the battle between the residuals for having the the writers room a pre green room will they be listed as producers cuz will they still be brought in to write during production cuz if you guys don't know most writers are on set and making adjustments and they get producer fees for that because they're part of the production the studios want to eliminate all that. Um, there's a lot of contention going on Yeah,
0: there. I mean, people don't know, like you said, on set, but it also goes to post because there's a lot it of does. ADR work that has to be done as well. So writers are involved through all of the production phases. So it's something that is very key and very vital to the entertainment industry and their products that they put out there. But those studios are not willing to compensate through all of those stages. So that is something that is very tricky and interesting to talk about. Now, the Writers Guild of America West also held a rally this week to demonstrate solidarity for other Hollywood unions Mm. in their collective contract battles against Hollywood's major employers. About 1,800 guild members attended the meeting at the Shrine Auditorium and heard from the WGA leaders about the reasons behind the strike. Now, the DGA begins negotiations next week on their contract, and SAG-AFTRA starts next month. Now, both of their contracts expire June 30th. The Teamsters have a contract in place through July. July 31st of 2024. So that gives them a whole nother year. And so it cannot go on strike just yet. But under their contract, Teamsters cannot be disciplined for refusing to cross-established picket lines either. So, I mean, there's all of these different things. We have seen a lot of the unions stand together, especially the big one, SAG-AFTRA, has been out there picketing with the WGA, so that's really good to see. Everybody is on a united front, but like we've been saying, it's very important that everybody sticks together because they brought up some key examples, like a Taylor Sheridan or an Aaron Sorkin who, you know, basically like to write their stories by themselves, but it's good to to have that writers room as someone to fall back on so that they can experiment with different ideas because it definitely helps everyone in the long run one to stay employed and for to keep that level of pressure off of that single writer so
1: uh, agreed now the biggie with this thing though with this meeting and all of the unions kind of getting together and woohoo together guys june 30th June 30th, that's like right around the corner. We could conceivably see SAG AFTRA, the DGA, and the WGA all on strike at the same time. Yeah. No actors and actors, no directors, no writers. That's no Hollywood, yeah. but like that. I mean, and that's a very conceivable possibility because this meeting shows they're all in unison. They're all they're all standing together in solidarity with each other. Meaning, when their contracts come up. They're likely going to go the same route as the WGA because they're also... How many times have we heard about actors already talking about being digitally placed in the shows and not getting paid? How many times have we heard about they're not getting compensated for streaming shows that are being streamed in other areas, wasn't included in their deal? The directors not getting compensated for the streaming rights to where if it's a full-length movie or if it's a show. I mean, they're already battling these type issues. So when their contracts come up, the fact that the WGA has started this ball rolling with we're not going to be okay with the streaming stuff and we're not going to be okay with this and this, it's very likely these other guilds are going to go right into unison with that and and that's terrifying. It is terrifying to think that the studios may have all three of these giant guilds on strike at the same time
0: (laughs) it really (laughs) is yeah and especially when you think about all of these yeah all this money that goes into the economy because of the entertainment industry and because of this stuff so i mean we could potentially see that fall season be nothing but like reality competition shows because uh, there there just won't be any really scripted content it is very interesting to see and of course this is going to develop uh for the future so we will stay up to date on it but it's something that needs to get resolved that we need to come to some sort of compromise to where we can start getting back to work because all of these people they want to work this is their passion this is what they do it's not like they want to go on strike but they also have morals so they you know they have to figure out how to balance all that out and something else that i feel like is very necessary and that they are starting to talk about is a a convenience of the AI, like we were talking about a little bit. So there needs to be some sort of meeting every couple of months to talk about the status of AI and how it impacts the entertainment industry and how there should be a little shift in you know, this does this and that does that. So it's it's all very interesting, and like I said, we're going to stay up to date with it, but it's, it's a very fluid situation right now, and they're nowhere near agreeing right yeah
1: now. and you know you brought up a good point and I think the studios are not real because the studios are heavily using this well we've got reality TV we've got this and we don't need writers for that that's going to be fine. But you do need directors for that. And next month, if they go on strike in unison with WGA, you ain't going to have reality shows either, okay? So you better get your shit together and figure this out because I'm just saying it's going to get ugly. For sure. All right, let's jump over to the Mouse House where they are set to have an extremely good month, y'all. It looks like that The Little Mermaid, which comes out in a couple weeks, is tracking to open well over $100 million. And the one that opened this week, we saw it. Did you see it? Guardians of the Galaxy three it's blasting off at the box office for one final time, earning $17.5 million in previews for James Gunn's Volume 3 finale. It will expand into 4,450 theaters nationwide today. The newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will take the box office crown after Universal's The Super Mario Bros. movie topped the charts for the last month. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is expected to bring in between 110 and $120 million in its opening weekend, which is in between the previews previous grosses of the other two films also directed by Gunn. now after opening in 47 international markets guardians 3 has so far made 35 million dollars overseas going into today the first guardians of the galaxy had 11.2 million in thursday previews on its way to an opening of 94 million back in 2014 the sequel 2017's guardians of the galaxy volume 2 reached 17 million in thursday previews and landed at 146 million dollar opening weekend that's interesting, right? $146 million opening weekend with $17 million in Thursday previews. This one had $17.2 million, but they're only expecting $110 million.
0: Yeah. That's that post-COVID, right? You're just it not is.
1: packing it out like you were back in the day. Well, so. post-COVID
0: and China. Remember, they're still not airing in China as that's, well. That's
1: true. So, so it's, yeah.
0: it's very interesting, man. I mean, especially for international. We're talking about that right now. But yeah, I, I really think it's going to do good numbers for the box office and for Marvel. Uh, it was a really good movie, and it feels like— you You know, Marvel. It does feel like Marvel, and it's really, like, it brings it back home uh, because I know a lot of people have been hating on Marvel a lot recently and about the storylines and everything, but this is a classic James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy film.
1: Oh, yeah, and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go on record and say it, and this is nothing against anybody or anything or any kind of I just want to say it. I personally thought the High Evolutionary Mm -hmm. was much more badass and scary than Kang. Wow. I, I, the way he was throwing people against the wall and using his power and you were seeing him kill people in order to kill people he was terrifying which is what Kang the Conqueror is supposed to be but we didn't see him kill shit like, like in Ant-Man and the Wasp and so I thought High Evolutionary was terrifying man
0: there you go there it is first take hot take man oh my just goodness just saying so, but yes go over to your local cinema and uh, check out the new Guardians man it's definitely worth it it does not feel like two half hours no so uh there it is man there it is well true detective creator nick pilazalo Pilazzanto uh has signed on to write marvel studios blade film which is interesting because this is reuniting him and mashallah ali who starred in the third season of the hbo crime series now blade boosts oscar winner um Ali as the title Vampire Slayer with Aaron Prier and Delroy Lindo and Mia Goth along with the starry cast. Pre-production on the film is underway and with uh, Pilizanto uh, taking the writing duties uh, working from a draft of the script by Emmy nominee Michael Starbury. Now, which has been said to be a darker than most MCU movies, but, I mean, we've been kind of tracking that over the past, like, you know, whatever phase we're in, I completely forget. Yeah. Um, Directed by Jan uh, Dinamaji, who helmed uh, White Boy Rick and the pilot of of the Lovecraft Country series on HBO Max and HBO. The film is expected to begin filming in late May in Atlanta, so stay tuned for that. But it is hopeful, um, you know, bringing in a new writer because that's that's kind of been where everybody's been in limbo at with that one. So hopefully it does well.
1: Yeah, creative differences have been killing that thing so far. But yeah, yeah I well, and darker in tone. That's where we want to see it as long as there's a little bit of humor to lighten it up when it needs to be lightened up, which I think Blade can totally do. Speaking of dark films that are hilarious with just enough humor to lighten things up, Deadpool 3. And apparently Rob Delaney's closed the deal to return for Deadpool 3, joining Ryan Reynolds-led ensemble of the threequel that Sean Levy will direct and produce for Marvel Studios. Now, Reynolds and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will also produce. Delaney's character, as you guys might remember member, Peter, joined Deadpool and Weasel as part of their mutant-heavy new team X-Force in Deadpool 2. Despite the fact that he was just a run-of-the-mill human with no powers or special skills to speak of. His agenda in the second film was to aid Deadpool in the rescue of young mutant Russell Collins, aka Fire Fist, from the mutant re-education center where he'd been abused. Other Deadpool veterans returning for the threequel, as previously reported, include Karen Sony, Leslie Ugamis, morena Baccaran, and Stefan Kabachik, who respectively portray Deadpool's cab driver, sidekick Dupinder, his roommate, Blind Al and his fiance Vanessa, who in the sequel, if you remember, was killed and then revived. And, of course, the metallic colossus. Newcomers to the franchise will incul- include the man, Hugh Jackman, who reprises his role as who's that guy that he plays Oh yeah, Wolverine, Logan, The Crown's Emma Corrin and Succession's Matthew McFadden will all be joining. Now, Deadpool 3 will be the first title in the franchise to involve Marvel boss Feige following Disney's acquisition of Fox, which released the first two installments. The film is slated for release on November 8th of next
0: year. I cannot wait for this fucking film. I think it's going to be great. I hope it's like uh I hope it's not just like a uh, a quick in and out thing for hugh jackman and wolverine i i don't think it will be but i you know you just never know with some movies uh it's gonna be crazy but i'm super excited about it
1: yeah we're gonna see him in costume yeah we're finally gonna see him in costume that's gonna
0: be fu-
1: I, I i i don't even have words for that i i'm literally just gonna be so excited i won't be able to speak I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the man who never loses words lost words so, oh my goodness
1: will be in the costume
0: so good. So good. Um, well, I think this next story is in due fact because of the writer's strike. Most likely. Uh, so this makes sense. Dancing with the Stars, you guys remember, it did go strictly to Disney+. Plus. Well, it is coming back to ABC+ for its 32nd season. The move to bring reality competition series back to the broadcast network comes after the show aired, of course, just that one season on the streamer. For its upcoming season, though, it will air on ABC while also simultaneously airing on Disney+. Plus. In addition, the show will be available the day after on its linear debut on Hulu, which is also owned by Disney and Comcast. Um, the move to bring the show back to the is is not altogether a surprise, though, like I just said, because of the strike. They definitely made that decision very quick, though. Because, I, I mean, it was like WGA goes on strike. Dancing with the Stars comes back to ABC. Like, I mean, it was very interesting how fast they made that decision. Right?
1: It is going to be very, very interesting. And I'm curious to see how it does now that Len Goodman, rest in peace, passed away. Mm. And, you, you know, it, it's going to just be a whole different thing. I'm just not sure that one's going to survive like it had been in the past. I don't know. Sydney Chandler has been cast as the lead in noah hawley's alien series currently in the works at fx plot and character details are being kept under light wraps or tight wraps whichever you prefer either (laughs) or on the project which was first announced back in december of 2020 if you can believe it's been in development hell for that long the only detail has been confirmed is that the show will take place on earth in the not Distant future, bow, bow.
0: wow, well, I that's know, a right? whole lot, right? I know, can't wait Shit. for that. Like, that wait. really gives you something to sink <laughs> your teeth into. I don't know, man. Uh, this next one's interesting. Fox 911 is officially done, uh, with the broadcaster at least canceling the series after six seasons. However, the show will be moving to ABC for its seventh season. In addition, the sister series 911 Lone Star has been renewed for season five at Fox. Now, 911 was originally picked up at Fox when the network and the studio 20th Century Fox, um, 20th Century Television, were part of the same company. But now everybody knows Disney acquired the studio back in 2019. And if you've been listening to the show, you know this. Fox no longer has the same kind of uh, financial stake in the show as they once did, even though it is one of the most popular popular shows on the network, so tell me how that makes sense. But according to an individual with knowledge of the production, budgets on episodes of 911 are an excess of nine million each episode, with that number having climbed since the show went on. Now, the show moves, uh, Move comes from Murphy's overall deal with Netflix is due to expire in the upcoming months, and there has been widespread speculation that he could move back to his former home at 20th Television. So everything is all in speculation, but at least people are still going to be able to watch these two shows. It is kind of weird, though, with them being you know relative shows that they're not going to be on the same network.
1: Yeah, because they've done crossovers in the past, and that's... Will that still Not be allowed?
0: Likely. I wonder if that's. I like... don't know.
1: Were they? You know that mm. we have been talking about it on shows previous with the Dick Wolf universe that they were trying to do an FBI crossover with the Law and Order crossover, and you know from NBC and CBS, and we have yet to still see that happen. Yeah. So I don't know. It doesn't look good. But I will say it'll be a huge win for Disney if they can bring Ryan Murphy back. For sure. I mean that that's he's a, a creator everybody wants to work with, and he puts out hits, and so it'll be nice to get them back. Exactly. Especially after losing Shonda to Netflix. Facts. So it would be great. All right, let's jump over to the bunny. So, how has Zaslov's cuts been going? Has it been saving them money? Is it turning the ship around? It's all profit, baby. And Warner Brothers Discovery posted a first quarter loss this week. The owner of HBO, TNT, and the Discovery Channel said it lost $1.69 billion, including $1.81 billion of acquisition-related intangible assets and $95 million of pre-tax restructuring expenses. The company also indicated that the debt it took on to finance the merger was affecting its financials. Duh! No shit. Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery had $836 million of semi annual interest payments, largely attributed to the merger related debt, Makes that sense. overwhelmed its cash flow. Now, the company reported a loss of $1.07 billion compared with a profit of $456 million in the year earlier mm. period. So, last year, they had a profit, and after all those slashes and canceling of television shows and movies and trying to save money, they lost money. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Very interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, what the fuck? Now, yeah. on a positive note, executives took great pride in the company's ability to reserve
0: losses in its streaming operations. Uh. Uh, that'll be very interesting. I bet—I bet—I'm trying to make a prediction, and you never know with this motherfucker. That's why it's so hard to make predictions on them. I don't like him. He's a uh, chapik. He, uh, he's like—I don't—it's going to be very interesting because I, I would argue that he—they may see a profit in this next quarter due to the writer strike and cutting more shows because— Places like Warner Brothers Discovery right now are actually excited for this writer strike because it shows what's popular and what's not, so they'll be able to cut more shit. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that moves forward.
1: I think they will see profits in certain divisions, but overall loss mm. still. But I think the film division will see a profit because like it or not, the Flash is going to do mega box office numbers, and they will see a they will see revenue off of that. So I think that they're you know, and then you've got Dune coming up, the sequel to Dune, which mm-hmm. we're about to talk about. Uh, I think their film division will see gains. And and I don't know about TV or whatever, but overall I think loss. but I do agree with you. I think certain divisions, because of the strike and because of the box office, will see gains. So. Yeah,
0: I, I really do think Flash is going to do well. I'm going to hold to strong. I wanted to talk about this a little bit too. I want to I hold strong to not seeing Flash at the box office, but I will not hold it against you if you go see it at the <laughs> box office, because I know how much... They are turning it into a Batman film. But- I'm not...
1: Yeah, let's just clarify. I am not going to see the Flash at the box office. I am going to see my Batman at the box yeah, office. Uh, I am going to see Keaton. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck about Ezra uh, Miller's Flash, but I am going to see my man return, and I probably wouldn't have gone to see that at the box office had they let it fucking happen in Batgirl like it was supposed to. But they didn't, so now I have to see my motherfucker in the box office because they might not bring him back after this one. So I got to see it. I got to see it. You should have you should have just fucking kept Batgirl. <laughs> I wouldn't have had to go see it. Did you see, though? the production designer for The Flash says that it's so fucking good that he thinks people will forget all about Ezra Miller's legal and crazy troubles because it's that good they won't even think about it.
0: You're hoping. Yeah (laughs) well and I mean layman people aka normal people who don't pay attention to the entertainment industry may not even know what's going on with that so I feel like that is a huge advantage and as we've all seen and I don't think it's going to happen they he's not going to go out on the press tour. Michael Keaton is going to be the face of this thing. This is a Flash movie, but it's actually a Batman movie. I mean, that's really what it's turned into.
1: Yeah, you're going to see Sasha Calley's Supergirl, and you're going to see Keaton's Batman, maybe even Affleck's Batman, out there on the talk show circuit. If we have talk shows, they might still (laughs) not even be on. I don't know how you're going to promote this shit because there's no place to promote (laughs) it. Uh, They're probably hoping for that. Holy shit. Is Zasloff behind the strike? He's like, guys, we don't need fucking talk shows to promote. We we just got to keep this shit under and we're just going to put it out there. I'm kidding. Hey, come I'm on kidding. the show. You
0: can promote it here.
1: I'm no, <laughs> yeah, just saying. Yes, Mike. Come on, man. Who doesn't want to see Keaton on it? calf? let's go. Exactly. Uh, but all kidding aside, though, I think if they do resolve the strike and you do have the talk shows, I I agree 1,000%. It's going to be Keaton. It's going to be Sasha Cali. It's going to be Ben Affleck. And very rarely, only at the last minute, maybe a quick snippet here or there or maybe an appearance on the red carpet will you see Ezra Miller. I think other than that if you pay attention to all the marketing all the trailers all the posters all the shit it's all keaton batman focused yeah and that's intentional yeah. make
0: no mistake about that that is intentional well i think i think it's just going to be the red carpet i don't think he's going to come out for press at all that'll I mean, be interesting that's just, right that's just like, my opinion but yeah i just wanted to go on record and say because people have been coming at us and being like i remember when dustin was going to talk about the ezra Miller thing and release it as like you know but Listen, it's okay, it's fine, it's all good, but we just wanna throw that out there. It's okay. Um, but yeah, just wanted to
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I mean, I, I in part I think they have kind of done the right thing by not promoting them. Yeah right. They're not promoting them. They're not. Like, like you know, that was the thing, right? Do the right thing. Don't highlight him. Don't push him. Don't make the make it the stardom that they don't deserve at this point. And they're not. Yeah, they're they're promoting Keaton. Exactly. So
0: I mean, so far, so good. We'll we'll see. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, more Warner Brothers and legendary news. Of course, everybody has seen it. The Dune trailer for part two. Now, this trailer shows Timothy Chalamet's Paul riding back of a massive sandworm, and the deserts of Arcus with uh, Zendaya's Shana and Freeman and the Freeman cheer him on. Now there are also first looks at the bald Austin Butler who does not look like fucking Elvis <laughs> um, and Fade Rutha Hurricane and the nephew of Stellan Skarsgård's Baron Hurricane and Florence Pugh's Princess Arlune the daughter of Christopher Walken's um, Emperor Shaddam Uh, The 5th, or whatever the fuck that Roman (laughs) numeral is. The (laughs) 4th. Like I said last week, I can't read Roman numerals. Um, The trailer also teases the upcoming war with Paul, now with blue eyes, caused by consuming the Freeman's mystical spice drug, Mm. commanding the massive army. Dune Part 2 will hit... Theaters, November 3rd, and it does look more action-packed, less slow than the first one. So that's what gets me excited for it. It makes me want to go back and watch the first one, but I just remember how fucking slow the first one oh, was. Oh, it was, so.
2: took
1: so long to get through, but it was a total setup for this one. It so. was.
0: I am excited as hell for Christopher Walken's
1: Emperor, though. That's yeah. going to be badass. I mean, it's going to be so unique because it's Christopher Walken, so I mean, hey, Clint Eastwood's last film, that's the rumor, this one and he's done. We'll see. Well, guess what? It's casting now. Zoe Deutsch is set to co-star in the Warner Brothers, and Clint Eastwood pick Juror Number 2, starring Nicholas Holt and Tony Collette. Jonathan Abrams penned the script. Adam Goodman, Matt Skiena, Tim Moore, and Jessica Meyer will produce. Now, this pick follows family man Justin Kemp, who, while serving as a juror in a high-profile murder trial, finds himself struggling with a serious moral dilemma, one he could use to sway the jury's verdict and potentially convict. Or free the wrong killer.
2: The wrong
1: killer. So are we giving it away already? Is the is the person on trial not even the right killer? Did we just blow that?
0: I mean, I, I know for a fact from what we know about this film, no one's going to see it. Like, <laughs> it's a very story-driven film. No one's going to see it. And it's going to be a great film. It's going to be great. It's going to be Don't great. Don't get me wrong. But I mean no one's gonna see it it's just that's the time we live in we tweet about it we talk about it all the time but story driven films like that like we just saw The Covenant with Jake Gyllenhaal fucking phenomenal film but no one saw it. Nope. Um, well episode 6 of Succession hit the series high for the fourth time in this season. Now 2.7 million viewers up 7% from the 2.6 million viewers who turned into um, episode 4 and 5 season 4 debuted at then series high 2.3 million viewers before dipping to 2 million with episode 2 and jumping back up to 2.5 with episode 3 then statistics are reported by Warner Brothers Discovery based on the combination of Nelson's measurements of linear airings and HBO and the first-party data regarding two streams on HBO Max. But, I mean, we also know that Succession series finale will be about 90 minutes long, so be sure yes. to strap in for that one. Uh, the series will be directed, or the episode will be directed by Succession episode producer Mark Malloyd, and will air on Sunday, Memorial Day week weekend which is may 28th i hate that
1: it's going off the air but this season has been so fucking good and i can't wait for that finale yeah hour and a half it's gonna be like a succession movie Uh, uh. it's gonna be a fucking movie and i i just i cannot wait i'm so pumped this one mm, i was kind of a fan of the show so but it seems Uh, like one of those cult things it it totally was it totally was a Babylon five animated movie is apparently in the works from original creator j michael straczynski babylon 5 animated movie that's what it's called it's <laughs> coming from sure. warner brothers animation and warner brothers home entertainment straczynski announced on twitter classic b5 raucous heartfelt non-stop a ton of fun through time and space and a love letter to the fans okay all right movie title release date and other details coming one week From the day that he announced it, which is next week. Uh, Straczynski further said that the film is already finished and in the can and that it feels the most B5-ish of anything we've done since the original show. Okay. Cool.
0: (laughs) Is it, though? It looks very interesting. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've only seen, like, literally one picture. Um, But it kind of looks like a ripoff of Star Trek. I mean, It was a mix
1: between, like, Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica.
0: Oh, okay. Like, so like, that's very, what I always kind of
1: thought of it, yeah. like, like a just a mix between those two shows. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. That, I mean, it had some significant people on it, Bruce yeah. Boxleitner and Edward uh, James Olmos, and like, I mean, it had some people on it, yeah. but.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> well, heading over to Paramount, shares for Paramount Global tumbled as much as 25% earlier this week after the media conglomerate reported disappointing first quarter of 2023 results and slashed its dividend Mm. now paramount posted quarter one net loss of 1.12 billion dollars as revenue of 7.27 billion was down one percent and the shortfalls on its tv media and filmed entertainment units now, the top-line numbers missed analyst estimates of 7.42 billion, while adjusted earnings per share of 9 cents also mm. fell short of Wall Street's expectations. Now, uh, EO, the EPS of 17%, uh, the company's streaming business, which includes Paramount Plus, Pluto TV, and a couple of others. Also, they saw a revenue rise 39%, though, now in the first quarter to uh, $1.5 billion. However, the direct-to-consumer segment posted a loss of $511 million now growing at 12 percent compared to the year earlier period now the company said paramount plus added 4.1 million subscribers this quarter so i mean that's a positive thing i guess but when you see all of that coming to a total to 60 million overall According to the company, Paramount Plus subscriber growth was driven by a strong content slate, including originals like 1923, Tulsa King, and the returns of Mary of Kingstown and Star Trek Picard. Now, along with films like Top Gun Maverick and Teen Wolf, the movie, as well as NFL playoffs, the Paramount CEO Bob Backish said that the company is focused on continuing to drive market leading streaming growth while navigating a dynamic uh, microeconomic environment. So break that down for layman people. Well, basically what they're saying is they added
1: subscribers and they saw revenue grow but still lost money mm. on the streaming side of it, right? So, And that's something that Iger talked about way back when prior to launching Disney Plus and what he was warning shareholders about is it's expensive as fuck to launch a streamer. Yeah. So even though they saw revenue increase, and that's obviously because they increased subscribers, they still lost money overall on the streaming side of it because it – of costs and that's where it's starting to get tricky with the strike right it all plays back to the strike the writers are demanding better residuals from streaming shows but the studios are claiming as in as we're seeing that they're losing money off of the streamers there is still not yet profitable and there's the argument yeah we want more money because these shows are huge hits well we're not making any money so you can't have it and that's the back and forth and i think unfortunately that's going to be keeping going for, you know, quite a while. I, like I said, Iger laid it out pretty specifically before Disney Plus launch. This is going to take a decade or more before we become profitable. Yep. No matter how many subscribers we add, no matter how much content we see, unless we go full ad driven, this will take a decade or more before we see money. Yeah, And that's just...
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you're basically creating a whole new division in your company. You're creating a whole new product, basically, that's not cheap. And it's just, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see how this whole industry is shifting. So this strike was kind of inevitable.
1: Oh, yeah, without doubt. Without doubt. Oh. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I just it, it, It's going to be ugly for many months to come, I think. Pedro Pascal is the latest A-lister in talks, apparently, to join Ridley Scott's upcoming Gladiator sequel. Pascal, who stars, of course, in both The Mandalorian and The Last of Us, is in final negotiations to board the Paramount movie, which already boasts a cast, including, if you guys can believe this, Academy Award nominee Paul Mescal and Barry Keegan, as well as two-time Academy Award winner Denzel Washington. Yeah. Now the Paramount movie follows 2000's blockbuster hit Gladiator, which was nominated for 12 Academy Awards and won 5, including best picture it earned 460 million dollars at the box office so
0: are you not entertained i mean that's all i'm asking because i feel like you know pedro pascal i hope he's a main character like because he's so freaking good and that like his performance in game of thrones which was like kind of like you know medieval but that type of role i guess you could say very period piece uh it was just you know, he, everything he does right now is just blowing it out of the water. So I feel like it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited for this thing. I, me too. And I personally hope he's the bad guy. Yeah. How? Who doesn't want to see Pedro play a badass, right?
1: I mean, I know Wonder Woman 1984, but come on. He was hey, kind of a joke in that. Yeah. Le, like, I want to see
0: him play a legit badass, bad yeah. guy. That would be awesome. It really would. It really would. Well, Yellowstone is officially coming to an end, everybody. Uh, with the final episodes of the mega-hit Paramount Network series, uh, fifth season set to launch in November. In addition, the untitled sequel series has been ordered and will debut on Paramount Network and Paramount Plus in December. Exact plot and casting details of the sequel series are currently under wraps, though. Uh, but it is previously been reported that Matthew McConaughey was in talks to Star in the new show. Now, the sequel series not only allows Paramount and Sheridan to bypass any potential issues with the one and only Costner, uh, but it allows them to stream the, a new series featuring the most uh, most of the original characters from Yellowstone. Um, now, David Glasser, CEO of 101 Studios, said, "Quote: The Dutton story continues picking up where Yellowstone leaves off in another epic tale. We are thrilled to bring this new journey to audiences around the world." Now, that it sucks man because the Dutton family ranch, like I mean, it was just it's such a huge cult phenomena. I feel like um and it just it sucks to see it go out I feel like before it's supposed to, I guess you could say.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Costner, in my opinion, is burning bridges and good luck. I mean, I hope your movie is a massive success for you because if it's not, you're not coming back here. Yeah, And, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, kudos to Taylor Sheridan and this show for, in my opinion, you know making a resurgence for Costner's career, um, and he should be grateful for that, and I just think. But anyway, if you guys are with me, I think I have theories of where I think it's going. You guys know, before this crazy hiatus, and finally, thank God, we're getting the the rest of season five, but Jamie was plotting to kill Eddie and take over the governorship. I think that's clearly going to happen now, because... (laughs) <laughs> how else do you write off Kevin Costner? You right? got to kill. You have to kill John Dutton. Yeah. If you don't, it just, there's no way you can't officially end that era without killing him. Also, I have this idea. I have this theory, right? They've hinted at numerous times that John Dutton has a brother. Yeah.
0: They have. We don't
1: know where he is, who he is, what happened to him, whatever. Is McConaughey, John Dutton's brother's son? Mm. Is that who? And is he coming to take a stake in the ranch? Does he want the ranch? That's really interesting because here's what I think is going to happen. We know that the one son's married. He's got his uh, his wife. He, he doesn't really want to have anything to do with the ranch. He's more starting his own thing kind of a thing or whatever, right? Jamie's never wanted it. He wants to sell the shit off for the, for the casinos and the, and the airport and all that kind of stuff. He's trying to get rid of it for the tax abatements and all that kind of great stuff, right? You know who I, I think it's going to come down to? I think our man, Rip, and and, and Beth are going to try to stake claim to the ranch. Yeah. Rip, Rip is entitled to it, in my opinion. He's the son that should have gotten it, who isn't a son, but should be a son and wants it. Because he's it's his ranch anyway. Whenever John's not he's there, he's running that shit. That's his fucking place. I think they're going to go after it. And that's going to throw a wrench in because it's going to be them versus Jamie. Right? Does Jamie, as the governor, sell it off, get rid of it finally, blah, blah, blah? Or do Beth and Rip save it? Then comes the monkey wrench. Yeah. The other lost relative that has claim to it. What's going to happen? So I'm super excited about that. That's my theory. I don't know. I think John's being taken to the train station. The nephew's going to come in, try to stake a claim to the farm, and Rip and Beth are going to have to deal with both Jamie and the new nephew just saying there Taylor call me man I'll be in the room I'll be in the writer room just saying I, I know you write all that shit yourself but hey
0: yeah exactly man exactly well I mean this next story is yours and I know you're super excited about it
1: I am Frazier star Kelsey Grammer and his Gramma NH productions have apparently closed the first look television deal with CBS Studios, the studio behind the Cheers and Frasier franchises, of course. The pact marks a homecoming for Grammar at CBS Studios. The actor-producer previously's Grammar Banner had a serious series of overall deals at the studio and its predecessor, Paramount Network Television. Now, the new incarnation of Frasier, which brings the famous psychiatrist back, to Boston comes from writers Chris Harris, uh, and who will executive produce along with Grammar and H. The series, which finished production this week, actually, is produced by CBS Studios in association with and N.H. Now, in addition to Frasier and the second season of The Game within the past year, and N.H. also produced the docuseries Fat Tuesdays, the era of hip-hop comedy for Amazon, Kelsey Grammer's historic Battles for America for Fox Nation, and the telefilm The Twelve Days of Christmas Eve for Lifetime, in which Grammer starred opposite his own daughter, real-life daughter, Spencer Grammer. So he's already, I mean, that production company's kicking ass, and I'm sure CBS is glad to have him back in the fold.
0: Oh, for sure, man, for sure. And, I mean, due to the writer strike at CBS, it has put hold on a lot of plans coming out this fall for the 2023 schedule. And the event in Los Angeles on May 9th is er- paused. Uh, the network <laughs> will still share its schedule next week but it is um, instead likely by traditional press release. Uh, the party which has to take place at uh, New You House Hollywood was have to be served as a replacement for the traditional upfront events at that CBS always held in New York at uh, Carnage Hall during its upfronts week. Now Paramount Global which took over the CBS Wednesday slot during upfronts last year earlier opted not to continue the upfront presentations um this year so i mean that makes just complete sense
1: well totally and because of the strike as we told you earlier a lot of the sag after Actors and actresses are refusing to cross the picket line. So yeah. it's hard to do an upfront and tout all your new shows if none of your stars are going to show up to promote it. That's true. So, I mean, it totally makes sense that these guys are having to cancel these upfronts. Um, jumping over to NBC Universal, as we mentioned earlier, the Super Mario Brothers movie is likely going to be dethroned this weekend after a month at top. But don't worry too much about it. They are officially the first film of the year to cross the coveted $1 billion milestone at the Global box office as of sunday the animated video game adaptation from universal and nintendo had grossed 490 million in north america and 532 million internationally it's the only the fifth movie of pandemic times to join the one billion dollar club following spider-man no way home top gun maverick jurassic world dominion and avatar the way of the water now, the Super Mario Brothers movie opened in theaters back on April 5th and generated a towering $204 million in its first five days of release, notching the biggest opening weekend of the year and the second biggest debut ever for an animated movie. Since then, it has become the highest grossing movie domestically and globally of the year so far, as well as the highest grosser ever for a film based on a video game.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's been very successful. I don't think anybody was really predicting this. Um, no. but I mean, it's really a Exciting to see because it is kind of like that cult following. So I love to see it. And I I'm really excited to go see it in theaters because it does look really good, really fun. Um, so, yeah, man, Super Mario Brothers killing it killing it and they needed that because the
1: last time a super mario brothers was in the man. theaters it was a complete and fucking utter bomb so
0: they're i'm sure they're thrilled that this one is doing so well oh for sure man for sure well saturday Night live will not produce any new episodes for the next while like we've been saying uh, the writer strike called by the dga uh the next the show's next scheduled episode, slated for Saturday night and hosted by former castman Pete Davidson with musical guest Lil Uzi Vert, will not take place. According to NBC, though, with a work stoppage in place, it's quite possible that fans will not have any more new episodes of SNL in its 48th season. Now the show usually goes in goes its uh, into summer hiatus after May, but SNL will air repeats until further notice starting Saturday, May six. At least they got it prepared as well.
1: Yeah, that sucks though because I was kind of looking forward to Pete's episode, and then yeah. the, to close out the season was supposed to be Kieran Culkin mm. to coincide with Succession's going yeah. off, and that one I think would have been amazing as oh, well. For sure, it kind of sucks, but we understand and we're in support of it. It's the right move. Uh, while Matt. Can- Cassie fans will be happy. Kelly Severide supporters, not so much. What am I talking about? Well, if you're a fan of Chicago Fire, you know. During the May 24th season 11 finale of Chicago Fire, Jesse Spencer will return to make a guest appearance. Taylor Kinney, who's last appeared on the, during the February 22nd episode and stepped away to deal with a personal matter... Will not return. The drama has been renewed at NBC for season 12. Creator and showrunner Derek Haas is walking away after the current season. So far, no replacement has yet been named. So that's good. I know these were two huge characters and people really love them. It's good that one's coming back. And I'm guessing since the other one is not, it's still dealing with some personal stuff and not coming. So kind of you know what it
0: sounds like. Um, well, Sony heading over there and it's not Spider-Man news. <laughs> uh, Jason Reitman has set another feature at Sony with the studio ordering a film based on the first broadcast of snl in october of 1975 reitman and his ghostbusters afterlife co-writer gil kenan uh keenan penned the original screenplay for the project drawing from the pair of series of interviews with living cast writers and crew members from the original production that's really cool oh yeah the untitled snl feature continues reitman's and keenan's partnership with sony pictures where they are currently in production on the sequel of ghostbusters afterlife due to the release in in theaters this december so that's very exciting because the first one was actually really good the two collaborators signed on an overall deal um with sony after the release of afterlife which grossed about 204 million at the global box office against a 75 million production budget so it's a nice little profit. Uh, yeah, and I think anytime you deliver profits like that, you
1: get deals. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a replacement is coming. What am I talking about? Well, Tasha Smith is set to join Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in the latest installment of Sony Pictures' Bad Boys franchise. Smith will play Teresa, Marcus Burnett's loving and devoted wife. What? What? That's right. It was a role previously played by Teresa Randall in the first three Bad Boys films. Plot details for Bad Boys 4 have been kept under wraps. At this year's CinemaCon, though, both Will Smith and Lawrence expressed their excitement for the film, as we told you last week, revealing that they were roughly four weeks into filming the movie. No word on why teresa randall dropped out or is being replaced we, yeah. we don't know if we find that out we'll let you know but she is yeah there <laughs> it is
0: man um well the first trailer of director neil Camp's gran turismo adapted from the uh, popular playstation video game racing franchise has been released um, Camp, whose negotiable directing uh, notable directing credits include district 9 and asylum uh, depart are uh, depart from the uh, typical science fiction subject matter to take on a more special Sports racing film. Based on a true story, uh, Gran Turashmo, uh follows a younger teenager who is obsessed with playing the racing video game and uh, gradually takes his controller skills on to the real racetracks. With hopes to become a professional race car driver, Archie Mata plays the film's main character with David Harbour as his racing trainer, uh, Digimon Hanshu as the teenager's father and Orlando Bloom as the the motorsports marketing executive. Now, Darren Burnett plays the respective GT Academy driver who feels threatened by the teenager's fast-growing success. The film is set to be released August 11th, Through Sony Pictures. This is a very interesting concept. We saw the trailer when uh, watching Guardians, and I mean, it actually looks really good, and I love... It's a new idea, so I mean, I love to see it. I know it's a video game idea, but it's it's a new idea.
1: Yeah, but it's actually... It really happened. This video game player is driving cars on the circuit, and he actually made it and is now a real driver. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting... The trailer was badass. It was. I fucking loved uh, Orlando Bloom and David Harbour back and forth. That that was was great. I, I will say... I've never heard of the game before. I mm-hmm. wasn't familiar with this real-life story, but the trailer makes me want to see it. Yeah. So kudos to the editors and whoever put it together because it was a badass trailer. This one, I'm not sure why. Why is this happening? Because of nice... Taylor Sheridan is resurging everybody's careers. I'm just saying. That's well, true. maybe Creed also had a little bit to do with this. But anyway, Sylvester Stallone is returning for a reboot of his 1993 action thriller, Cliffhanger. yeah. He's coming back for Cliffhanger. What? Sure, sure. Rick Roman Waugh, who helmed action movies Angel Has Fallen and Greenland, is set to direct the feature, which will see Stallone reprise his role of mountain climber and rescue ranger Gabe Walker. Now, the 1993 original movie was directed by Rennie Harlan and was a hit, despite a brutal production that almost bankrupt the lead production company back mm. in the day, Carlico, which at two points... Couldn't even pay the crew. Like it got pretty rough. It was a hit. I I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I don't see why we need a reboot, though. Yeah. I don't. I mean, you've been there, done that like
0: what I mean do we I don't know I just <laughs> very interesting very interesting well Jenny Slate is set to join Blake Lively Justin Baloney, and uh, Brandon Sk- Skliner in the uh, baldoni directed film adaptation of Colleen Hoover's best-selling novel It Ends With Us mm. which is currently in development at with uh, Wayfarer Studios and Sony Pictures as we've told you in previous episodes the film follows Lily Bloom who's played by Lively and who despite coming from a complicated past has always known the life she wants. While living in Boston though, she meets a neurosurgeon uh, Ryle uh, Kincaid, who believes that she may very very well found her soulmate, Mm. so that's cool. Uh, Soon, however, she questions Arise about their relationship and to complicate matters, her high school love interest, Atlas Corrigan comes back into the picture. Mm. Putting the relationship with Ryle in jeopardy, Slate is set to play the role of Ryle's sister, Alyssa. So, there it is. There it is. (laughs) All right, let's jump on over to Amazon
1: slash MGM. Air, best film of the year so far, in my opinion, although Guardians is... Up there. But anyway, Air will be available to stream on Prime Video beginning May 12th. The film debuted April 5th on more than 3,500 screens, which marked an unprecedented theatrical release for Amazon as the studio affirmed its billion dollar commitment to making movies for the big screen. Now, the film is produced by Amazon Studios, Skydance Sports, Mandalay Pictures, and it's the inaugural project from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's Artist Equity. To date, air has grossed $74.7 million worldwide that's not just domestic worldwide 74.7 million with praise from audiences with an a cinema score and critics alike everybody loves it but it barely made any money 74.7 million jesus that's an opening weekend here in the u.s normally yeah so
0: yeah at least for like a big blockbuster film so yeah it's very interesting but yeah i mean for me it goes air um the covenant Guardians and then that other one that we saw but yeah I I really enjoyed Air it was like honestly so freaking good. I, all in. I mean, when
1: it hits prime, you guys should definitely fucking watch it. For it sure. It's it's you're gonna love every minute of it. Yeah. It's that good of a film.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've seen more movies than me, so how would you how would you rank it? Because you've seen Creed 3 and a couple of others, so how would you rank oh,
1: it? Oh, I like I said right there at the top, I think it's definitely the best movie of the year so far. Yeah. And I'm a Marvel full on, you know, comic book geek all in, but as good as Guardians was, Air Of course. I'm an 80s kid, too. So, like, it's all in 80s. This whole movie is set in the 80s, and it's the best fucking 80s soundtrack you will ever get in a movie. Like, so, of course, it was there.
0: But, well, I was uh, looking for more of, like, a top so, five.
1: <laughs> no, oh, it, it's definitely, air is definitely within my top 10 films of all time. It, it's it's a fantastic story. It's fantastic dialogue. The acting is spectacular. Ben Affleck, as usual, directing, phenomenal. All in, like, the sound soundtrack, the cinematography, the costume design and the production design of the 80s and and the elusiveness of Jordan himself and paying respect to the iconic role that this man has in 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 culture it, it's they did everything spot on it's definitely within my top five of all time for sure well, i was saying top five
0: of this year
1: oh it's my top of this year i
0: know doubt. but what's your top five of this oh you year? want me to compare with jesus my top christ, five. christ. Oh, okay all right all right so my
1: top five of this year
0: mm. oh my gosh
1: let's see oh that's a tough well air is definitely number one um, As
0: we've noted for I the would, past three I would minutes, I
1: maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Guardians number two. Yeah, I just I, I'm all in on Guardians. I think I love James Gunn, and I'm Marvel geek, and I th- I think it was a well done movie and a well done exit for Gunn and the and the uh, Guardians. Um, that's my number two. Um, <laughs> Covenant, covenants. That I would I would do a tie for Covenant and Creed. Uh, three. Yeah, for for the number three spot, mm. three, four. Um,
0: and uh, I know it's difficult, man. I mean, what else have I seen this year? Yeah, uh, did Black Panther come out this year? Did it, or was it last year? I think it was last year. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. May, we could save it. We can save it for an actual top. Well, five.
1: you know what though? I, I I I saw um
0: uh Scream Scream Six. Oh, uh, Ant Man came out uh avatar came out but I don't sadly think saw sadly
1: one. avatar is not on my list nor is ant-man and and quantumania well did you just... see avatar no
0: yeah no that's Which why it's not, it's not and it <laughs>
1: wouldn't be if i had seen it i've just like say, i'll tell you one that i saw and uh well no never mind because i didn't see it at the theater so i can't put it on my list as like all kinds of but well there you go i have four yeah. I have four. Yeah. You know, um, I'll come back to my, fa- I, let's just throw Scream 6 in there for, yeah. for like it was good movie. It was really good. The best of the franchise, in my opinion, uh, since the first one. Yeah. So it, 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 we'll do that as my number five.
0: For sure. For That sure. was a
1: whole lot of win to get there, but it's okay. It was. It's, right. it's fine.
0: I'm glad <laughs> we were finally able to connect the dots. Uh, Amazon Studios has landed. I swear the... to
1: God, I haven't had any margaritas oh, yet. It is Cinco de Mayo, but yeah.
0: Uh, Amazon Studios has landed the worldwide rights to the U.S. uh Naval aviation documentary The Blue Angels. Uh, this one ass. is coming from JJ Abrams' company Bad Robot. Um, top Gun Maverick star Glenn Powell um, is also going to be a part of this one. The film, shot with IMAX cameras, uh, chronicles a year in the cockpit with one of the world's top aviator teams, the Navy and Marine Corps Flight Squadron. Through their intense training and aerial touring show, the film will play in theaters and yet to be determined date before landing on Amazon Prime. So it's going to be great. I mean, we've both seen the Blue Angels like in performance and they're just fucking amazing. So I'm excited to see it. Me too. Me too. I, I
1: It's it's freaking amazing. And now, now I'm back. I'm back. Are you sure? I'm back. I have it now. Okay, I have it. Um, my legitimate number, like I said, tied for three, four, right? But my legitimate number three, chevalier, chevalier,
0: chevalier. That French chevalier. One. Yes, that French one. There you go. Then you put that above the covenant. No. Oh, I th- okay. Yeah, that's a three-way
1: tie. Oh yeah, I said covenant. No covenant. Then chevalier. Then then creed three. Then scream six. There you go. There There's you go. my five. Because that was a brilliant movie. Chevy Lear was a brilliant movie. It was. If you I I am butchering the name every time I say it, yeah. but if you haven't seen it, see that. Yeah. Now let's go back to Amazon.
0: There you go. <laughs> it's your turn.
1: Crazy's
2: in the name.
1: Yeah, all right. It's your turn. <laughs> Boss Legacy, aka Bosch. What the fuck? Bosch just never went off the air, y'all. Bosch Legacy has been renewed for season three at Amazon Freebie ahead of the show's season two premiere. The announcement was made ahead of Amazon's new front presentation in New York on May 1st. The first season of Bosch Legacy debuted on Freebie in May of 2022, with season two set to air this fall. Like its predecessor, the Prime video series Bosch—it's just Bosch— (sighs) I don't understand that. The series is based on the Bosch novels written by Michael Connolly. Per the official logline, Bosch Legacy follows the Harry Bosch, a retired homicide detective turned private investigator as he embarks on the next chapter of his career, attorney Honey Money Chandler, who struggles to maintain her faith in the justice system after surviving an attempted murder, and Maddie Bosch as she discovers the possibilities and challenges of being the rookie patrol cop on the
0: streets of Los Angeles. Angelus. There it it's is. It's Bosch. It's Bosch. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a reboot within a regular thing. With, yeah. yeah it's oh, I'm so weird. sad.
1: Bosch is going off the
0: air. We're going to miss it. No, Bosch is still here. Yeah. It's on Bosch Legacy. It's so weird. That's so weird. Well, heading over to Netflix. I know you're excited about this one. Netflix has renewed its political drama series uh, for a second season uh, The Diplomat. Uh, oh, season my gosh. one of The Diplomat had a strong debut on April 20th, quickly taking the top spot at Netflix Weekly global top 10 tv english list now this one is dethroning the night agent number one's run and it went on to appear in the top 10 in 86 countries as well the drama series stars carrie uh, russell as kate Wyler and the as the new uh, u.s ambassador in the united kingdom now kate is forced to juggle the struggles of an international crisis by strengthening strategic alliances with london while trying to save her marriage to fellow diplomat and political star Hall Waller, um, who's played by Rufus Sewell. So, there it is. This show is fucking phenomenal. If you were
1: an Americans fan, or a West Wing fan, or a Madam Secretary fan, you have to dive into this show. It's like a mix of all three, and it's fucking incredible. Carrie Russell maybe the best since Americans. It, 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 she's just... Freaking unbelievable in this in this series. And uh it ends on a cliffhanger, so it only makes sense that it was renewed for season two. Had it not been, I'd have been on the phone with Ted personally. Like, what the fuck? I need to know what happened. Um and with the cliffhanger, no spoilers, because I know not a lot of people, if you haven't seen it yet or whatever, but um no spoilers. But with the cliffhanger, I'm just wondering if UK was one of the countries that was in the top ten, because I'm Uh. shocked that the UK is not utterly pissed at this show. You know, Yeah, she's trying relations, but if you know what I'm talking about, if you saw the cliffhanger, you know why I'm saying that. And just if you don't know why I'm saying it, go watch it. Go watch it. Netflix has also renewed Sweet Tooth. For a third and final season, which has already been filmed in New Zealand, the news comes just shortly after the release of season two, which quickly earned 48.3 million hours viewed during its first four days of release following its April 27th
0: debut. There it is. Now the story of the Mendez brothers, uh, convicted in 1996 of murdering their pre- uh, parents, uh, Jose and Mary Louise Kitty Mendez, will be tackled by Ryan Murphy as part of his Netflix franchise Monster series. Um, Netflix and Murphy confirmed that they are uh, at work on the Monsters, the Lyle and Eric Mendez story. The follow-up to the hit limited series, Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So that only makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah. And and, I mean, for anybody who's familiar with the Menendez, they're fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, they brutally... Murdered their parents while they were sleeping, like brutally, and then tried to claim all this shit during the trial about why they did it. It, yeah, they're fucking crazy. Yeah, and, they, and, they
0: did say like sexual abuse and like physical abuse oh, yeah. and all of this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, mm. to each it, this, own.
1: this should be an interesting one to watch. Oh, for sure. yeah, for sure. Netflix has also ordered a dramedy series inspired by the memoir The Pink Marine, written by Greg Cope White, currently titled The Core. Netflix has given the show a 10 episode order. Now, the official logline states set in 1990 the corps is about cameron a bullied gay high school student who joins the marine corps with his straight best friend ray a dangerous move when being gay in the military meant jail time or worse As these two friends plunge into Marine Corps boot camp, where the landmines are both literal and metaphorical, they join a platoon of young men on a harrowing journey of transformation. Miles Hauser will star as Cameron Pope. The character is described as a charming underdog, a gay, bullied teenager living in a chaotic home with a narcissistic mom. He impulsively joins the Marines with his straight best friend in hopes that he'll finally be made into a real man. The role brings Heiser back to Netflix, as he previously starred, as you guys know, in The streamer's hit series 13 Reasons Why. He is also known for his roles in films like Love Simon and, of course, the huge NBC hit drama. I'm excited. I love him. I think he's a great actor. I think that's going to be an awesome series.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And I mean, yeah, that time period where it's like, don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. Like, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be massively successful. For sure. Well, Adam McKay is partnering up with Netflix again after the follow-up of Don't Look Up. The streamer has acquired the director's next feature comedy titled... Average height, average build. (laughs) Uh, The film will star Robert Pattinson as a serial killer that looks to leverage American politicians to make murder easier oh um now as well as amy adams to state a lobbyist that forms a unique connection with the murderer uh adams reunites uh with mckay after earning oscar nomination for best supporting actress as her as she played uh lean cheney lynn cheney in their 2018 comedy comedy vice uh the ensemble also includes robert downey jr forrest whitaker and uh, danielle deadweiler um along with writing and directing mckay will also produce under his hyperobject industries banner with kevin messick now, the film does not yet have an official release date yet, but that is all we know so far. And you would consider Vice a comedy? That's interesting. Yeah, no. I, I still never have seen
2: it.
1: But I yeah. literally got up and walked out of it. It's like one of the rare things that Adam McKay has done that I was just like, what the fuck am I? Why? It was horrible. Yeah. And the cast was brilliant, but it was fucking horrible. And yeah. no, I would not consider it a comedy at all. I, I just, I don't even know what the fuck. It's also weird talking about Adam McKay and anything without Will Ferrell. Yeah. It's, it's just i don't know. I it, know it's it's one of those weird things they were such a good team and then just <laughs> I don't know. Jumping over to Apple, and to the no surprise to anybody, the morning show, the newsroom drama starring Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, has received an early renewal for season four on the streamer. Meanwhile, season three is set to debut this fall. Now, Witherspoon and Aniston are executive producers, with Mimi Leader directing and executive producing, and Charlotte Stout acting as showrunner and executive producer for season three. Aniston announced season three had wrapped filming on February 9th via an Instagram post, which, in the wake of the renewal news, prophetically promised that there was so much more to come. (laughs) Season 3 will introduce new cast members John Hamm and Nicole Berry as well as the return of stars such as Juliana Margulies, Tig Notoro, Stephen Fry, and Natalie Morales.
2: There
0: it is. I'm
1: so freaking super pumped about that. John Hamm, I can't wait for John Hamm to act with any of them on that show. It's going to be brilliant.
0: It is going to be good. I'm excited. Uh, Frida Pinto has signed on to surface for season two at Apple. Pinto joins series regular uh, Gugu Matha Roth Raw as well as fellow cast members Phil Duster of Ted Lasso fame. Previously announced, Surface uh, Season Two will see Mabetha Raw's character Sophie return to her hometown of London and is rediscovering an unfinished relationship that has haunted her memories as she finds to where she really came from and what made her a flawed person. Um, Pinto will play Grace. Quinn's Duster's fiance, Um, Quinn is also a trouble psychon of her infamous uh, Huntley family. Now, uh, as the soon to be newest member of the Huntley family, Grace is set to be conflicted about what she's really signing up for and forms a special bond with Sophie. So there it is. You need to jump on that one.
1: Mm, maybe you you know like like seriously that is such a good show Mm -hmm. it's reese witherspoon she's the one behind it and um it's it's yeah it's a one of those you have to think Mm -hmm. and if you miss something you're you're gonna totally miss something so you got to watch like intently and and yeah see that's
0: terrifying because i love multitasking when i'm watching shows
1: (laughs) well this one yeah you have to pay attention because you're like wait even when you're all in intent and you're watching you're you're like still like Wait, what? Yeah, that's did crazy. I, wait, did I miss that? Wait, yeah, you're rewinding. Like, what the fuck? No, that can't. It's one of those shows, but it was done so brilliantly, and uh, I was like, dude yeah. I'm all in on that show, man. I I'll, can't wait."
0: I'll tell you what. I'll watch it when you watch Ted Lasso and/or Euphoria season two. Like, <sighs> yeah, we have well yeah. To be fair, to be fair. Well, now it is time for James Moses Black coming on the show to talk about Renfield. Oh my goodness, this guy is absolutely amazing. We teased it a little bit earlier in the show, but I just, you know, it's all. Always nice to have return guests to like see what they've been up to and I still remember the first time we ever had him on the show because I was running late for the interview, and he was just, like, giving me all sorts of shit for it. <laughs> so, I mean, if y'all want to, you can go back and uh, listen to that first interview and listen to the amount of shit I got from James Black.
1: Oh, yeah. One of the nicest guys he ever, is. though. He's, he is. He's very funny. A lot of, He's a very intimidating-looking man, like he would beat you down in a second and, you'd n- and not think twice. But he's actually one of the funniest and most charming guys, and, and this and he shows that in this interview. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good interview. I can't wait for everybody to hear Oh, it. for sure. For
0: sure. Well, here he is.
1: James Moses Black, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? man i'm great how are you <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> right. that's right yeah
1: good, <laughs> we're I'm fantastic man <laughs> yeah, uh, you might have missed your calling me. my man that might be where you go <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think you did man Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> steven road, man. steven amell is calling right now for season three of heels bro <laughs> 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 oh, man we're so super excited uh, to have you back on the show man you're always so much fun to talk thanks, to and uh man. it's Thank been a sure. while you've been a busy guy man you did i mean, I mean, what you had the five days at memorial and you people and you just all kinds of fun stuff going on while uh, yeah, in the yeah. in the gap before we talk to
3: you right yeah man yeah uh yeah I was traveling uh t- I was going back and forth between New Orleans and Toronto for a while mm. yeah which was Toronto was still in part of the pandemic uh but they they didn't they didn't act like it you know <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like hey, is this a pandemic up here or is this just toronto right you know yeah uh, they weren't acting like it man but it was it was fun to go to toronto man and uh, the first time i went it was it was warm mm. we went back to shoot man i think like august or something and it was chilly and i was like wow well like how long does your you know, summers last. And they're right? like, uh, four weeks. Sure.
0: <laughs> like, they am there and gone in just a matter of seconds, man. Yeah. That sucks. Just a yeah. matter of seconds. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, we're in New Orleans, it's
1: 40 weeks. It's yeah. like damn near the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Big difference. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you come down here and enjoy some of this humidity? That's right. You know, I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you started getting more work in New Orleans because, I mean, you saw that Anthony Mackie's about to open up a studio down there, about to do a whole bunch of things. And I feel like, especially if you go on the uh, commission's website, Disney Plus is shooting yeah. a lot of stuff there right now, too. I just saw they did, like, the National Treasure Series and yeah. a couple of other things. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's cool to see, like, New Orleans is getting back into the game because so, for so long, right. Atlanta right. kind of took that space from them. Over. But it's cool to, like— yeah have those uh that availability for those actors to try to travel back and forth from those two hubs so that's nice
3: yeah there's a there's a there's a there's a slight problem with production right now uh it's called a strike is coming yeah yep. Yep. Uh, yeah yeah so you know everybody's backing off the gas a little bit you know now uh this is probably the slowest three months i do voiceovers too so that completely slow yeah uh but it's in terms of in front of the camera, I've I've never been this slow before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except coming out of the pandemic, you know. So yeah. it's an but, excellent
1: yeah. point though, because it's you know it's affecting both film and and television side. People are nervous. You don't want right. to spend money if you don't know somebody's going to be there to write. Yeah, you know, I mean you know and get the stuff done. And uh, so I mean right. it makes sense, and and you know it makes a lot of business sense for them. Unfortunately, for the people in front of the camera, it. Not so good. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, you got to go these stretches. So, um. yeah, it's very interesting because we uh, we read a statistic the other day or like a week or two ago that was like pre pandemic. It was around like 150, 200 new shows that come out every single year. But now it's like skyrocketed. We're like at 600 shows or something like that per year because of all the streaming services and everybody's just trying to stay relevant. And what the crazy thing is, it's all good content, but at the same time, there's just so much happening to where as a consumer, you feel like you can't watch all of it. And as a writer, you don't feel like you're necessarily focusing on, you know, multiple different projects like you were able to before. Um, So it's very interesting going from that like 21 to 24 season arc to like 10 episodes. So yeah, that I feel like that compensation needs to be there. It's very interesting.
3: Yeah. You know, especially, you know, I did a, well, the last time we talked, I had done a show in Mexico for mm-hmm. Amazon. Prime. Yeah. You know, great. You gave me all this, this money for a month, but I, you get to use my, you know, likeness for the rest of my life. But yeah. Right. You know, I got a problem with that. I, you know, I turned 90 and I turned on the TV and it's still like the forties me. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just like, just paid. <laughs> that, <laughs>
1: that's right. That. That's right. And I, I, you know, I, I, with everything, right? We talk about it all the time. You know, there's always a good side and a bad side to any new innovation, right? Any new progress. Right. CGI is great. It does a lot of really wonderful stuff. But when you can take somebody and use their image forever and not pay them, that's not a good thing. And not and, a good thing. and unfortunately, it seems that that's the direction a lot of these studios are headed. Like, hey, we need you to step in the semi and we're going to take all these pictures of you from 8,000 different ways. And we're going to just put you in wherever we want to. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just kind of I don't know man, it's a it's a difficult it's great if you're if you're not feeling so good, you're yeah, a little hobbled and you're like, can you touch me up right there? Perfect. (laughs) But but yeah, I don't want to see myself exactly. But I don't want to see myself twenty years from now touched up. Like I want to just be me. So yeah, man, it, it's just, it's crazy. But uh, but look, you, like you said, though, you, you're you doing voiceover and, you know, you got to find a way, right? The, the industry is constantly evolving. It's constantly changing, not always for the good. And you got to adapt. I mean, if you're going to stay in this industry and you're going to do what you do, you got to learn to adapt. You got to find ways to work. You got to find what you do. And uh, sure. I always think that, you know, the people that are innovative and roll with it and figure it out, you know, they're going to survive. And, and like you yeah. said, you, you're surviving man you, you're doing what you got to do and uh, yeah. so uh, you know I commend you on that because a lot of people would take that as I can't do this anymore I'm just it's too long a stretch. it's going in a way I don't like it. I'm just going back out and hit the road and, and you know that's unfortunate that, that a lot of good talent is probably doing that. but you yeah. know we need people like yourself that that find a way to stay in there because we need people like you in it so
3: yeah. I mean it, it's it's amazing man It you know it, when I first started off, It was just about getting one role. Mm -hmm. Right. And you were like, yeah, I got one. (laughs) There was, you know, hardly any like future thought to it. And now the one role or the 100 roles that I did don't matter anymore.
0: Mm. Yep.
3: Right. That's right. You got to constantly be sort of like what you said, uh, evolving to the next, you know, verticality, you yeah. know. I, I did a... Uh, and I do a lot of ADR. So, but I did an ADR for uh Fast X, hmm. the, the ones coming out, mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious. And you know, it's almost just like being in a movie, really. Right. It's, yeah. It's same thing, you know, except, you know, I spend 30 minutes and, and you know, and, and get uh, some dollars, and then they spend two or three months and make a whole bunch of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. But, you know, yeah... Y- it's a it's an excellent point though, right? Like like if you have to go these stretches where you're not in front of the camera, but you can still do what you like to do and still make pay the rent, then yeah. that's important, right? Like hey, I might only be getting a little bit of dollars, but I'm paying my rent. I'm doing what right. I like to do, and I'm, right. I'm I'm gonna find that gap in between
3: these stretches of, of in front of the camera stuff. And I mean that's you know gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do, man. I want to be like Andre Three Thousand, just play the flute in the street of Atlanta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right exactly and every time he like appears from to the public eye everybody's like oh my gosh look what he's wearing look what he's doing yeah, like all the different yeah. stuff it's always so funny how the internet reacts when he actually pops back up right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny uh, well what well, to prepare for the interview you know I went and did some research and was like all right what's James been up to like let's see what's uh, what's been going on and I saw you did an interview recently I think about a year ago and you were talking a little bit about mental health and yeah. mental health has become yeah. like a big thing for us as well we even started a whole different podcast about it um so during you know the pandemic that's when everybody kind of felt the effects of everything right they were Mm -hmm. dealing with being isolated from everybody or they were dealing with you know not being able to uh you know just that touch that human touch that I feel like we all need for that that positive reinforcement to keep going so was mental health a big thing for you before the pandemic or did it kind of just enhance everything during the pandemic or talk a little bit about that?
3: You know, I think one of the, uh, one of the scenarios or uh, examples that I brought out was mental health was like before the pandemic, it was just sort of the bubbling under the surface. Right. 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 You know, uh, that's just a bubble. exactly. It's going to go away. But when the pandemic hit, all those bubbles became deadly gases. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, My thing with mental health began, I don't know, man, I think the first funeral I went to as a kid, and I I was just crying, and I didn't know why I was crying. And, you know, people didn't talk to me about it, you Mm, know, it was these issues, and and I carried it forward almost to the point that I don't go to funerals. Wow. Wow. You know, um, the biggest thing for me has always been to talk about it. Whatever it is, got to talk about. And you also have to have, I mean, to me, sometimes you just can't talk to anybody because we're not all equipped to be psychiatrists or psychologists. We're not equipped for that. That's right. But the point is to have a person who will just listen sometimes. You know, I would have... You know when Twitch did that to himself, I I, I was like, did he have anybody to talk to? You know, because I'm really particular about who I talk to, right? Mm-hmm. I especially when I have some concerns about things, because some people will, you'll call them up and they'll railroad you, giving you their opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not that you want their opinion; you just want to say, man listen to this. This is crazy. Yep. And not that you, you want them to be agreeable, but just to listen. So to, to me, mental health is, you know, before it got this name was, was huge in my life. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that's probably why it brought me to the stage of entertainment uh, is because sometimes, you know, you just got to say what it is, right? Yeah. You got to say what it is and you can't use words that you're not used to using. Uh, you got to say what comes off your chest, off your heart, you know, and it's not, I'm not talking about deplorable things. I'm not talking about things that cause other people pain and anything like that. I'm talking about your own wellness.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and if you can't, if you can't, it's not meant, we don't put, some people try to put their wellness into layman's terms, mm-hmm. right? Something that someone can understand basically right. can't do that. You got to just say what it is. It's not a, trying to think about how to say what it is. That's right. That's right.
1: You know, you bring lot- up good points though. Like right because it's it's a different time and 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 much like yourself you were talking about, I had the same issue when I was young, funerals and crying my eyes out and everything. And back then it was a it was a man up why are you crying? Get past it. Yeah. Move oh, on. Yeah. Right? Don't open up and talk about it. Don't ask why you're crying or feeling this way. Just man up and move on. And, right. and, and then, like you said, you end up carrying that forward and, and not getting away from that. And sometimes all it takes, like you said, is someone just to listen to you so that you know you are seen. You don't want them to say anything back to you. You don't want their opinions. You don't want their advice. You just need to know that someone sees you. And I think right. that's the difference, right? Like that. sometimes that's the difference between what we saw tragically with, with Twitch and and the people that get past it and get the help is that they see
3: that somebody saw them. Right, right. And and I, I think a lot of times, man, for me, you know, I've had a couple suicides in the past couple of years, but... You know, I think the main thing that I felt guilty about, uh, and and, and I, I went I went through some counseling. I felt guilty about not being able to help. Mm. But I wasn't equipped to help. Yeah. Right? right. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Like, and, and and one of the things that this counselor told me, she said, you know, they were gonna do what they were gonna do regardless of you. Exactly. Regardless of what you said. And and I and I, you know, it helped me out, it helped me out a lot. But it's, uh, we're not equipped. We think we're equipped. When someone says, you know, I'm about to take my life, I'm, I'm out of here. And you go, get out of here, man. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. That's not what you're really supposed to say. But hey, yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Say it because. It's disbelief. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, man. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a difficult thing. It really is yeah. because, I mean, like like yourself, we have also experienced some of those uh, cases in our lifetime, especially during the pandemic and a little bit after the pandemic. So there's all these different things to where these people feel like, you know— they're in the shadows and nobody sees them. But yeah, just having that conversation might help or I mean, it might not. I mean, it's all everything's reactionary and it's all about what they do and everybody's their own person. So it's all about continuing moving forward with your own life and trying to build yourself up in a sense of, you know, let me tell my story in the off chance that it might help somebody else. You right. know, um, so I think that's really what we've done with the podcast too, is it's not about what you should do or what you shouldn't do. This is just what we've been through and yeah. how, you know, possibly somebody can connect to that and feel like they're not alone. Um, yeah. so it's that type of thing.
3: And then my reference now, if I run into it is like, man, you know, I, it's, it's always good to have an empathetic soul, you know, yeah. and to say, you know, I, I, man, I, when, because here's the thing, man. Suicide is very, uh, let me get this word right. Uh, uh, when something is, uh, oh god, um, if it's oh, got it. So, suicide is super contagious, mm, yes, it's, it's super contagious because when it happens, it spreads this guilt, and then you start thinking about why did they do it and then you start thinking about the circumstances why they did it And not that i'm saying that i would do it but i start thinking like them Mm. right yeah why you do it why why couldn't they stop them so i'm 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 starting to think and i think that a lot of people don't realize how contagious uh, uh suicide is because it is it's because it makes you think of what they thought of. That's right.
1: That's right. And Man. that's that's an excellent point. You know, you don't realize everybody thinks about the person that did it but not the people that it affected and what it's done to them or what it continues to do to them. That's an excellent point. And yeah. uh, thank you for talking about this, you, you, you know, because I feel like sometimes that that is what's needed. Like you said, there was a stigma attached before. It was a bubble. Nobody wanted to touch it. Now that people at least feel comfortable enough to put it out there and talk about it a little bit, that helps. And if we can right. do that with our platform, that's awesome. So, um, but I, let, let's transition. Let's kind of bring this back a little bit because, you know, let's, let's talk about a guy with... With isolation and some issues, right? <laughs> oh, 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 Count Dracula there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. the new project you got coming out, of course, is, is Renfield. And, and this is an interesting take, right? I, I mean, it's a comedic take on, on this legendary right. horror guy, right? But you, we're coming at it from his assistant, like, you don't understand. I've just got to get out of here after all this time, right? I I, yes. I think it's a really good approach because there's been some hit and misses with Dracula over the over the past few years. And I think mm-hmm. this is a such a unique take on it that I think this spin is gonna work. And I think it's gonna work really well. Um, talk about your character because uh, I guess from what from everything that we're hearing, we don't want to throw out any kind of spoilers or whatever, but uh He's basically decided that he's uh, had enough and he's kind of fallen in love with a, with a cop in New Orleans and he's like, this uh-uh. is my out. Uh, <laughs> but obviously right, right, right. not gonna go so well with Dracula. So, yeah. and you play a captain in the NOPD and, and right. I'm assuming that's gonna cause some friction
3: because the love of his life is now a cop. Uh, right. so, <laughs> so, so my take is this, man. After 900 years of killing people, <laughs> I'm tired of it, right? I want to be in love with somebody, <laughs> kill him, and give him the you. I kind of want to love somebody, and that is the theme of the movie. I'm tired of killing. <laughs> I want to love now. Right? There you go. So, for me, I play this cat. This is a notorious family in uh, in Louisiana, New Orleans, specifically. And they're all tangling, So I'm like sort of the uh, handyman for this family. Right? Ah, okay. I clean up their dirt, you know. I kind of counter their crazy son, Ben Swartz. <laughs> and, <then>, uh, <laughs> and, and then it just goes awry, man. And, uh-huh. just, and somebody asked me, said, so what did you have to balance? I said, first of all, <clears throat> I had to balance reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, here's a Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula. Okay. Now, now we're going to put him in a non fictional city, New Orleans, and I'm going to be this authoritarian person who happens to know Redfield. And who has happened to be, he has to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, all right, well. I'm gonna go ahead and pass on this movie, man. I don't, what's going on here, bro? I'm just, y'all can handle that, man. Right. So that was the balance—is bringing all these three things or four things together, and still sticking to the point that <clears throat> Dracula exists in 2023, or right. 2023. So, uh, but you know, they they put us. You know, my the team was uh, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Hoult, Aquafina, Ben Schwartz, Shorey. Uh, Martinez and uh, uh, and uh, Adrian Martinez, and myself. So it was like a cast of characters, man. You right. Know? And once you put a bunch of improv and people around each other, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> it's gonna come out crazy. Oh, you know? for sure. For it sure. came out, it came out crazy. But you know, the the movie seems to be, and it took takes me back to you remember the the old clips where people were at the movie theaters and it was a scary movie, and everybody would go, yeah, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. That's what Renfield reminds me of. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. You know, yeah. that old throwback sort of uh, horror movie, but it's funny.
1: Yeah, and and that's the unique twist on it, right? It's an old throwback horror movie that's going to give you jump scares and you're going to be like, oh. right. but it's funny. And and that that's right. I have to imagine what you just said though. I have to imagine that a set with Aquafina and and Nicolas Cage and and just like these people uh, How do you even get through that without busting up every single time? I feel like that had to be the hardest thing had to have been probably just keeping a straight face trying to get straight through a face. scene, right? Like Great
3: face. That was the hardest <laughs> thing, and especially when, like Ben Schwartz is a funny improv dude, man. Sure, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you know this cat, but this cat is funny. So some of the stuff that he was doing, I was just try, I was just like, please don't laugh, James. Just don't, <laughs> don't, don't be the one that laughs first, James. And then so it's my turn, and then I know I saw Aquafina break up a couple times. And and I saw Schwartz over there trying to hold it together. So it's this, this you you have to pass the laugh, you know. Like, sure. Okay, you know. You, you, okay, you made me laugh. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, you know it was there, but it was it's was fun, man. It was fun. I had fun. So had fun. so were you guys
1: able to? Do you think did a lot of that make it into the film? I'm hoping. I hope that they like some of the stuff that you ad libbed or some of that stuff that just kind of went off the rails a little bit. Did it make it in?
3: Listen, if Ben Schwartz, some of the stuff he did made it in the film... I don't know what y'all going to call this film. I uh, don't no, <laughs> <no. laughs> you know. You know what you I I don't yeah. know what you're going to call this film right. with some of the uh, stuff no, he did. All made. right.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
3: <laughs> then, uh, We're going to need a
1: copy of it. the outtakes, James. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. I, I it, it, Man, I, I know this did make it into the scene, probably for some other reasons. But so there was an arrest in the station, Schwartz is going crazy going through and he grabs this girl like he, oh, he's, I'm going to do this girl and I said that's a man oh <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> <laughs> oh and yeah explosion bro <laughs> oh my god it frozen. And, the, and, and it was so funny man everybody was trying to hold it together and then they said okay cut and the girl said I'm not a man I was like I know I'm just you know <laughs>
0: He's just trying to to add a little bit of something. Yeah, yeah. That is hilarious. And what we've been doing on the show, and I feel like this was a really fun set. Something had to have happened. What we've been doing on the show is, you know, is there like an embarrassing story by you or anybody else on set that happened while you were there and in the middle of it that y'all can talk about now and just kind of sit back and laugh about?
3: Um... Yeah no man no everybody had their own Id- idiosyncracies you know <laughs> so that was weird in itself in itself R- yeah, right there yeah yeah and uh, you know the the crazy thing is that we filmed during Mardi Gras mm. oh
0: that's interesting
3: yeah which was you know not cool yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know they were we're on the, we're in the van or whatever coming back and. And they had a police shortage also. Oh so I they can had imagine to the routes. And they're like, I'm I'm you know, maybe two blocks, three blocks from the hotel during Mardi Gras, which is pretty much from here to Calabasas. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so yeah. Dorian sure. right? Yeah. Especially oh, there. Yeah. yeah. You ain't going nowhere. No. And like, we can't get any closer. James, can do, do you want to get out? <laughs> i'm like what oh, no i, I do know. not yeah <laughs> i want to get out man you know no i don't want to take me back to base camp man i'll spend the night over there man. right but it was uh it was just mardi gras like the timing of it was crazy man because mardi gras was again seven like was it seven days in a row or something yeah like mm-hmm. yeah and it was every, every day. We're like, okay, well, well we're not going to shoot today because we got uh, whatever the, the 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 you know the, the things coming past, yeah. right? And and uh, so for me, it was kind of like a mini uh, horror vacation. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, yeah, you <laughs> know.
1: know, it's funny that, that you bring all that up because that's a that's a good say se- because I feel like the city of New Orleans itself is a character. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the, the the culture there, the people there, that in itself is a character in the film that you've got to and like you said have to try to deal with, whether it's right. a part of the film or not. Right. Sometimes right. I feel like the the culture and the people and and all the great things about New Orleans, but then there's the flip side of that going. Ooh, that's yeah. a whole yeah. lot of New Orleans. Yeah. And if you're not prepared yeah. for that, right, you're like, This is just so out of my league right. here that I can't deal with this. And and even more so during New uh, Mardi Gras. I mean that that's a beast in itself and I can't even imagine trying to You see it all the time in movies and TV where they Recreate Mardi Gras, and it's like that's not how it goes. (laughs) That's not how it actually is. And like, yeah, that's some good stuff. When
3: you when you recreate Mardi Gras, somebody dies. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's right. That's exactly exactly right. Oh my goodness! Too much liquor, too much gowns, and too many beads.
0: Oh my goodness! It's crazy too because I don't know if you know. I don't know if we told you, but we are originally from down in that area, so we experience Mardi Gras a lot. Oh yeah, and like the cleanup alone. On that thing, it takes about a month or two just to get all yeah. the beads out of the trees, out of the balconies, out of the right. streets and the gutters. The it is absolutely wild. But, man, yeah. if you remember it just a tiny bit, I'm sure that you'll have some stories. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I totally remember it. I totally <laughs> remembered it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, I, I mean – well, it sounds like though you you know it was a mixed bag while shooting and everything, but I, I I honestly think though, like we said, the premise of this film and the cast that you guys were able to pull together and the whole thing, I think this is going to do really well. I think this is a kind of film where we all kind of need it right now. There's so much other shit going on that a good laugh, good just getting getting away a little bit and having a good laugh, I think is going to be a really good thing.
3: Yeah, and I like I said I don't usually do. I mean I love comedy. It's comedy is one of my things that I thrive at. Uh, but the opportunity to do it without it being slapstick, right. is the thing that I try to avoid. I don't want to you know I don't want to get any. But smart comedy, I'm with. Man. That's, right. That's right. That's right. I'm with smart, and I'm, I do it really well. So maybe this will catapult me into. Oh, I didn't know James because I hear this all the time. Yeah. Uh Oh, I don't. I didn't know James does did comedy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> right. right. Just sit back and watch. Just sit back and yeah. watch. <laughs> I mean,
1: you you know, you are a little bit of an imposing man. So I mean, uh, you know.
3: <laughs> hey, man. But you know, imagine imposing and funny at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm
1: saying. You know, you gotta you gotta know that people aren't always what they – You can't judge it just by the. Cover like this man is yeah. funny as shit. And
3: like you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a funny dude, especially when I go from serious to like I'm just joking. Like if I go like, God <laughs> hey,
1: <laughs> we we thought you did that just a minute ago because we were like, wow, is he is he is, is is he still for a reason? or Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah.
0: That's, that's funny. so oh. funny. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on and getting a little
3: crazy Thanks with us. We again, appreciate man, you yeah. appreciate always. You, and uh, have a fabulous year. Let me know what you think of the movie. I'll come back on and do one, you know? Hell course, yeah, man. Of for course. sure.
0: Anytime, anytime we'll be in uh contact. And you just okay. have a great rest of your day, man.
3: Both of you. See ya. All right, All right take man. care, man. Bye. See ya. All right.
0: All right. Just another fun interview with a return guest and man, this guy is so easy to talk to always. Always. Every time he comes on, he's really fun. We have such
1: a great time with him. He just he gets it. He yeah. get he gets and I'm so glad because right, we don't you don't necessarily think of James Moses Black as comic, right? Yeah. You also don't think, hey, we're gonna dive deep into some mental health and talk yeah, about suicide deep, and stuff man. like that and it got a little deep there. Yeah. And so I, I just love guests who have range and who are you can tell they're just people and we all go through some stuff and we all can have good times, but we all got some other times and we gotta and it's it's good to have conversations like that.
0: Oh, most definitely. And what he was saying there at the end, you know, him being such a you know, a vast difference between comedy and uh, drama, if you go back to This Is Us when he was playing that Reverend, I mean all all the scenes that he was he was in they will make you cry so he is really good at being very versatile so it's awesome to see it's awesome to know him and awesome to you know just keep bringing these guests back on because they're doing some great projects oh absolutely absolutely thank, thank you again james moses black for coming on the show All right, now it is time for the top five segment, man. And this week is top five actors or actresses that we would love to see play villains. And, man, oh, man, there is a lot of different ones. It really made me think because a lot of actors have played villains. And, you know, you have to think about what. What nice people you feel like would be great in these roles and would right? be like a kind of risk, I guess you could take, because I put someone there. I felt like it would kind of be a risk. Um, number five for me goes to Demi Lovato. I feel like she would be a great villain in the sense of she's been through so much shit and so much trauma that I feel like she would be able to dive deep into within herself to bring that out into a character. I feel like she would be perfect for a DC character um, because it is that darker tone. Uh, But I just feel like, you know, she doesn't get enough credit as being an actress. She does. um, She is a really good actress, honestly. She is. Um, But she just focuses a lot on her scene. But I really think she, she would be able to bring out that sort of like that. I don't know. I just feel like she would be able to portray a villain very well. So,
1: Number 5 for me, Demi Lovato. All right, well there you go. My number 5 is another one that you think no way, this is the most charming woman. She's always amazing. She's either in peril and getting saved or she's the hero and uh and never, you know, in need of ever hurting anybody. I'm of course talking about Emily Blunt. Mm. Yes, Mary Poppins. Like, I mean, <laughs> how can Emily Blunt is like the kindest person? You think about like like all these movies that she's been in, and, and like she's just like so nice. Or in just like with quiet, like the, the, a quiet place, she's in peril, and just yeah. like you want to just love her to death. Exactly. But I want to see her whoop some ass as like an evil genius bad guy. For sure. I want her to be like cutting people with knives and like <laughs> just doing psychotic, just crazy shit. I think she would be epic. Who, I mean, come on. Any kind of like anybody with a British accent mm. that starts to go nuts yeah. and get all terrifyingly like evil, I'm all in. Oh, for and sure. Emily Blunt should do it. And she should do it to Krasinski. Oh, God. They should be in a movie together as they always are. And she should just be a sadistic, crazy psychopath villain who terrorizes Krasinski. That's hilarious.
0: I think Call it'd me. be good. Call me. If we can make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. Oh, my goodness. Well, number four for me, this is inspired by a movie I just watched uh, the other night, which was Wedding Crashers. And Bradley Cooper plays the douchebag boyfriend who the girl, the love interest doesn't really want to be with. So I feel like he would be a really good bad guy. I mean, he has played good guys before in films. And I mean, you know, if you go back to like Silver Linings playbook where you you see him in his fits of rage when he's. Playing a bipolar person I feel like he can channel that type of energy so I feel like that would be a really interesting dynamic and like I said his character in Wedding Crashers was just a complete douchebag. So I feel like he would be able to channel that very freaking industry. So that's why I wanted to put him on my list. Number four, Bradley Cooper.
1: Oh, w- without doubt. I think that that's an excellent choice. My number four, and I want to make sure I get this movie's title right. Oh, yeah. I'm awful at titles. Yeah. But, uh,
0: was it one that came out recently? No, it's not one that came out recently. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know he's resorting to the Bible, which is yes. IMDb. Yes. Okay. I've got it. I know it. My number
1: four. Is the ultimate good guy that everybody loves, but I totally want to see him scare me. I totally want to see him terrify me and horrifically so. I am talking about Hugh Jackman.
2: Mm.
1: Hugh Jackman he's always the good guy. He's always the hero. He's always the guy that's saving people or just distraught and trying to just get through the everyday man kind of like hero type thing. But I want to see him. And I'm not talking about Logan Wolverine rage. I'm talking about like a psychopath killer. Like somebody who's just creepy, scary, terrifying. Keep them away from me forever. I'm going to be nightmares from. I want to see Hugh Jackman pull that off. Mm. I think he totally can. The closest I think he's come is Prison. With Paul Dano and Jake Gyllenhaal. And yeah. it was, you saw his rage a little bit there as a parent that's trying to find his kidnapped kid. And, and uh, you know, but rage of a parent is different than psychotic killer. Yeah. Right. I want to see Jackman just lose his shit and terrify people. I want to, I just, I think he'd be awesome at it. He's such a phenomenal actor and he, the range is everywhere, you know. Like From the greatest showman to Logan and everything in between, this guy has got range. So you cannot tell me he cannot play a fucking scary, psychotic killer. I want to see that. I want to see a terrifying chill. Like we were talking about last week with the villains. That's the kind I want to see Jackman play. That methodical, calm, terrifying guy. That he doesn't even have to speak and you're scared to fucking death. <laughs> That's what I want to see Jackman pull off.
0: That's funny. I could see it. Uh, Me too. Me too. I think he would be really good. Um, My number three goes to Timothy Chalamet. And you want to know why? Because I don't like Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) And I feel like he could be a good bad guy that I could hate because I don't like him already. So, I mean, I feel like he has that sense of that aura around him, kind of like Johnny Depp does. Johnny Depp would have been a good one, too. Um, But yeah, I just feel like, you know, something about his character and how he presents himself, I just feel like he would be a good bad guy. I think he's a bad guy already. So, not really. I think he's probably a good person, whatever the fuck. He, he looks just a little privileged. But, uh, yeah. So, number three for me to Timothy Chalamet.
1: I think we should uh, use this on um, Everything's Okay podcast and dive deeper into it. Is this a hidden resentment because you were such a fan of Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka and now your direct hatred towards the two men who have now also played Wonka? You. <laughs>
2: You no, were, I there's really, a deep
0: agenda here I don't know I, I really like, don't know what it is because I like I liked beautiful boy with him and uh, Steve Carell he's a good actor I just I don't know something about him I just don't <laughs> I don't know I feel like he thinks he's the shit when he when
1: well he, I feel like that's also with Johnny Depp yeah they both come across as very privileged individuals. oh yeah so maybe that's it I don't yeah,
0: know yeah no okay whatever
1: uh my right. number three Anne Hathaway mm. Princess Diaries herself. Can she play a bad guy? I don't know. She's a sweetheart. She like, did she's... in
0: Two Witches, that HBO Max one that yeah, came out. But, but was that it was like... – it, it, she was like an evil witch type character, but I, it wasn't a good movie.
1: Yeah, so. and it was more – I see, I pick her because I. it's not – any kind of a bad guy that makes me laugh – It was more comedic. I wasn't scared of her. I wasn't terrified like, oh, my God, this is somebody I never want to come across in real life. I I thought it was comedic. I thought I want to see Anne Hathaway terrify me. I want to see like – let me just say this. I want all of my people on this list to end up on Ryan Murphy's monster. I want to see them be terrifying serial killers who methodically kill people in ways that are too disturbing to talk about. That's what I want these people to do. You're
0: going like a complete horror <laughs> aspect and like I'm going, I don't know, just like actual like superhero yeah, villain yeah, type yeah. No, aspect. I'm going
1: full on serial killer psychopath. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you, you know, that's just, and who doesn't want to see the beautiful Anne Hathaway do that? I do, I do.
0: Oh <laughs> All my right. goodness, that's so freaking funny. Uh, number <laughs> two for me is one that I think would be interesting. I think she has that sort of flair where she could. Uh, Alice and Janney. I feel like Alice and Janney could bring some sort of evil. Like I guess I, I try to think about like uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Monster. Mm. Um, I think Alice and Janney could play that type of you know like intense serial killer, um, intense like just villain that is looking to get over on people. So that's why I think she would be a good one. Alice and Janney. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lou. Yeah, She played a total badass, like a CIA operative. And she
1: did some shady shit, but she thought she was doing it for the right reasons and trying to do the right thing. But she was like a total badass that you do not want to fuck with. Not in a villain way, but you can see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's that tendency there to where could she be a serial killer? Fuck yeah, she could. She could, Alice and Janney could be a serial killer. Some of those sh- looks that she would shoot from the podium on West Wing. Come on. Yeah. Come on. For sure. She could kill you. (laughs) She could kill you. I'm just saying. (laughs) My number two is everybody's beloved favorite teenager back in the day and from fucking Family Ties to Back to the Future to Secret of My Success, Light of Day, all the good, great stuff that he's such a great guy in, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. I want to see Michael J. Fox tear some motherfuckers up. I want to see Michael J. Fox Fox play a serial killer. Mm. I think he could.
0: Think
1: he could? I oh my gosh! I think totally he could. I like even more so now. Yeah, you know, because I saw him in an interview and they're talking about how he's so optimistic and upbeat and happy, even with all of the stuff that he's going through with his disease. And he's like, "That's the person I am. If you can find the good, if you can find the happy out of no matter what in life, that's the reason to keep going. That's the reason to keep going on." He's so inspirational and such a such a you know a motivated, happy person. To see him play a fucking psychopath killer would be amazing. It would be. It would just be like you'd never. This is this is fucking Marty. <laughs> the, the, like the, this doesn't happen. But I want Alex P. Keaton. I want to see Alex P. Keaton. Kill people.
0: That's oh, like. Oh <laughs> my God. I don't know what your obsession with this is today, but okay. All right. And so that leads me to my number one. The number one actor, actress that would be a great villain is this motherfucker. Yes. It's Dustin Bergman. Yes. Uh, I just feel. Feel like you know you've been trying to get James Gunn's attention. I feel like this is a great way to do Let's it. Just do it. Hey, look, hey, look, look. a great look at this. Look at this, Lex luther I would be okay. Like just, just make it happen. James, give us a call, man. We I, can. I'm we can actually do really it. good. John uh,
1: Papsidera. Come on, buddy. I, come I, on. Let's, let's you do know it. me. Come on. I'm
0: just <laughs> saying. I, like especially this top five has proven. Why <laughs> I have a little
1: bit of a dark side. Uh, okay. Why all right. he's I'm the just... number
0: one? Okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I totally want to play Lex Luthor. Yeah. I totally. And if not not Lex Luthor, just some sort of a psychotic bad guy. Apparently. Because I'm a really happy-go-lucky guy. I'm a really nice guy, but I want to fucking be a serial killer. Can I just play a serial killer?
0: Serial killer in a movie. He yeah, of, that, course, like, of course, of well, course. When you say we can clip that, I'd want to be a serial killer <laughs> like, and so optimistic about it. Like, oh, my God.
1: A fake one, of course. Come on. Anybody who knows me knows I can't really hurt anybody, but I'd play one. I'd fucking kill it on in a movie or on TV. I'm just telling you. Oh, my God. Speaking of. Is this even possible? The name of her fucking company is Hello Sunshine. So is it even possible? I don't even know if it's even, like, could it happen? But I want to see Reese Witherspoon just tear it the fuck up. It would be good. I mean, she kind of played a badass bitchy girlfriend in American Psycho with Christian Bale, right? Like, so kind of like, but I want to see it. I want to see her all in as a dark, twisted, you fucked with the wrong person Kind of a bad guy. Reese Witherspoon, the murderer you never see coming. (laughs) You would never see that coming. You wouldn't. She's America's sweetheart until she slices you down the face with a knife. Like I just, like, I I don't know (laughs) how...
0: okay, this has been a very enlightening segment. I'm glad that uh, I'm not alone and that everyone out there can see this um, I just yeah okay um, guys it said villain it, it did. said villain it did. it did I'm not the campy
1: Batman villain. I'm like all in. I'm Robin Williams, that photo where he's the, like, he works at a photo booth guy. I'm that guy, villain. Like, I want those type villains.
0: There's a difference between villain and murderer. I'm like, like, there's two. Well, murderers are villains. Yeah, but God. (laughs) Oh, sh- ooh, boy. Ne- next week's top five will be
1: the top five serial killers yeah apparently oh, oh my gosh we should totally do a top five serial people with top like, five serial killers that have had movies or tv shows made about them mm, Ooh,
0: mm, ooh! i feel like this is a very uh, dangerous like <laughs> who's your people, number one though right yeah, off the top who I do, mean, who do uh, you think who, someone who i've always been most interested in is john Wayne gacy really mine would be ted bundy mm,
1: so like yeah. but see how we have already got him we already know who <laughs> top fives are we know we've got five serial killers in us we know we
0: do Uh... like Guys, uh, be sure to let us know your top five actor, actresses that you would like to see, supervillains, um, or murderers, whatever the fuck. Uh, let us know. Be sure to comment below in the YouTube comment section, add us on Twitter, all the good things.
1: You see why you could get away with me as number one? Because uh, you know I'm not.
0: Exact, you know I'm not. Oh you can't
1: list me as number one on your list and, and be in this room with me right now if you really thought I could kill you. I mean, who like, said I
0: wasn't scared right now? <laughs> like, who, No one said that. No one freaking said that. <laughs> Um, Well, heading over to the box office recap, the number one movie that brought in the most— See how
2: good I am, John
1: Patsanera? He's literally
0: uh, scared. uh, (laughs) Number one movie that brought in the most money last week was Super Mario Brothers, like we've been reporting. Uh, I'm so happy that this one went over well. Chris Pratt, uh, you had a number one, and it's going to be replaced by another of your number one And he may have number one and number two. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Uh, That brought in about 40.8 million over the past like four weeks, and you're still at 40. basically 41 million that's really successful oh yeah so without i doubt. love seeing that the number two was evil dead rise with 12.1 still i still want to see yeah that. yeah uh, are you there god it's, it's me margaret are um, you there
1: god it's me logan uh, yeah, i'm scared right now
0: literally <laughs> 6.7 million and number three uh this one's interesting it came uh i'm guessing with may 4th this past week star wars episode 6 with return of the jedi um only because Return of the Jedi. That's yeah, the, only the only Yeah, it's the only reason, because you knew
1: it was the sixth in the franchise. That's the and that's, only way. <laughs> he got the Roman numeral right. That's the right. only that's... way.
0: Uh, that came in number four with uh, 5.1 million. And number five was John Wick Chapter 4 with uh, about 5 million. This is
1: why you like the John Wick movies so much. I'm kidding, because they're awesome movies, but because they use regular numbers. Yeah, instead exactly. Of, <laughs> had it been Chapter, Roman numeral 4,
0: you'd be fucked. They'd exactly. Be like, <laughs> exactly um well new movies coming out this week of course guardians of the galaxy be sure to go check that out and the rest of them are not guardians not guardians (laughs) and not guardians so be sure to head over to your local cinema and check out the latest marvel installment you gotta
1: say this one this one's funny too some movie called what's love got to do with it that has nothing nothing to do 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 with tina Tina turner Turner. (laughs)
0: Uh, oh yeah i mean you know our podcast producer jason he's got a sense of humor man (laughs)
1: what's love got to do with though is such an Epic movie, it is. and Lawrence Fishburne plays a badass villain, old Ike Turner. That is great performance. But yeah, it has
0: what is this movie? Then why yeah. is it called that? Yeah, no, like, no, no. Well, movies you can still go see right now: Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Air, um The Covenant, and a couple of other ones. You know, uh, so just be sure to check out your local listings, and you'll you'll see. You'll see what you can get. Now, IMDB Pro's top trending segment, of course, you guys know what's going down in Hollywood is all through IMDB Pro. That's why you guys need to subscribe to this app, especially if you're an up and comer trying to break into the entertainment industry. Now, the top trending movie is Evil Dead Rise. I mean, it it looks scary. It has the potential, I feel like, it to does. actually like scare us. So that's great. This one's surprising to me because it hasn't been out that long and it's already the top trending TV show, which is The Diplomat. Because everybody's talking about it. I'm telling you must be that popular, which is very freaking exciting. Um, And the top trending star is still Ana de Armas, so that's really exciting. She's blowing up right now. Saw ghosted.
1: And if you saw her last Netflix movie where she, if you blinked, you missed her. It was just, like, totally underutilizing her, which was sad. This one, not. And her and Chris Evans' dynamic back and forth with each other is fucking hilarious. It's a really funny movie. Are you going to rank it in your best of all time in, like, a cinematic masterpiece? No. But if you're looking for a good movie just to have a good time and watch and kick back, that it's definitely the one to do it with. They're great together. So. For sure. For sure.
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 223 of it Calf podcast yes. we appreciate it we gotta thank our guest one more time james moses black and you can find him on twitter at james moses black and on instagram at james moses black underscore after <laughs> the name um, be sure to follow him everywhere and you guys know you can follow us everywhere the company and podcast at crazyantmedia Media and at ItCap Podcast, Anywhere and Everywhere, and our mental health podcast as well. At everything's OKP. Be sure to check out those episodes as well because we dive deep into things we deal with every day and things our guests deal with every day. And mm. it's basically to let you know that you are not alone in a situation that you are going through. And we've got a couple of good ones coming up,
1: y'all. One that's going to deal with bipolar disorder and one that's going to be dealing with toxic workplace environments and yes. how that affects your mental health.
0: That's Gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be
1: great, man. I'm super <laughs> excited.
0: And you guys know you can follow us both personally, myself at J Logan Austin, everywhere and anywhere, and at CrazyAnt CEO, anywhere and everywhere. That's right. And you guys know you subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Radio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. And of course, be sure to visit our website, www.CrazyAntMedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear. We have anything and everything you need. For your styling needs and coffee needs and doggy styling needs, yeah. can I get a crazy ant brush? Maybe I'm bald, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I could get a crazy ant head shaver. Uh, be, oh my gosh, that'd be awesome! That would be great, that would be great. Uh, but of course, I mean. The biggest thing that we've been talking about is the writer strike and how important it is and keeping ourselves informed on this, which, I mean, I know it sucks, but it's also kind of fun and entertaining to us just because we love this industry so freaking much. Um, the interview is always amazing. It's always great to have a uh, return guest. It was also really fun to – we're going to clip this out too so they can uh, see it. We're gonna clip out the the Flash slash Warner Brothers conversation because that's gonna I feel like that was a really fun conversation to be able to talk about that. And to finally put it out there that Even if you fucking hate Ezra, it's okay to go see it. It's just my personal thing. I'm not going to go see it. It is a Batman movie, so be sure to head out and check it out. I'm just going to check it out on Max when it's on Max.
1: There you go. Well, And listen, okay, so to be fair, because the reason we say we don't want to go see it is because we don't want to, like, because guaranteed Ezra's got back end points. So the more this movie does at the box office, the more tens of millions of dollars this Person potentially has to make right, yeah. and we don't want to support that because of the behavior. And he's yet to apologize for it, blah 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 blah. But I have Regal Unlimited, and I'm not paying shit for my movie <laughs> ticket. Uh, zero, zero, zero. So I am not contributing to his back end points, and I'm seeing my man Michael Keaton return to the cowl. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Not contributing to the back end points. <laughs> you know i don't know i love this whole show i love when we can get deep into the industry talk For and sure. how it affects because we're in the industry we're filmmakers also and we've got a television series that's being considered and now it's on the burner because nobody's doing anything right now because of the strike so we're personally affected by by what's going on with the strike right now and hopefully one day we'll be wga members we're not there yet because we're just writing our first series and uh, things but you know And and then how it moves forward. So I love when we can talk about that and get into it and also how we predict. Because we predicted that streamers, when all of the studios had their own, would start to cause problems and drastically change the industry. If you go back and listen to our first season or so, we we talk about that and made that clear that that's what we thought would happen – and look at it. It's playing out. It's happening. Our, we're, we're really good at paying attention to the trends and what we think is going to happen in the industry. You should go back and listen to that. It's amazing. And then, of course, obviously, to Yellowstone and succession and like all these things coming to an end all these huge shows that i'm huge fan of and just so i I really enjoy talking about that and what's causing that and what's not and where it's gonna go and um just man it's been yeah this has been a really good show it was also
0: fun to throw you off a little bit and like try to get you back on track with that top five movies of the year oh my gosh yeah i don't even know where i went with that like like, it's like what are you trying to get from me and then i just couldn't like because I, I gave you my top like four or five and then, of the like, year yeah yeah and yeah and like yeah I, and then I, I just I went everywhere it's always fun throwing him off because, well clearly
1: yeah. if, if if you missed that part of the conversation what was wrong is if when we if you listen to the top five of this week's show I was clearly plotting my next murder
0: apparently no. <laughs> literally what was happening i
1: have no idea yeah. i really don't i don't know why i just like totally blanked and it's only t it's fine i don't even know it's fine you know who could have been on both of our lists I that know. i can't believe we didn't put because oh, how man. badass would it be to see her oh, she would play be a villain crazy man I mean, absolutely wild <laughs> the one
0: the only oprah